a lot of people define atheism in different ways. Um, how, how would you define atheism? Okay. So I was thinking about this this morning and I was like, should ha I have called myself an atheist? Because I originally started out before I was doing anything online, before I was doing activism, I was using the agnostic label for a couple of years. And then again, still before I was online, I started using the atheist label in some circumstances. So like with um, coworkers I was comfortable with or like with friends that I was comfortable with, I started using the atheist label because I was kind of like going to see if it worked for me and what the response would be if I used that label. Um, and then when I decided to do YouTube, um, I started out just using the atheist label like this is what I am and I'm an atheist because for me I had done some searching and I found that like a lot of people use atheists as just like a lack of belief in God and then for some people that's a complete cop-out using the the lack theist definition of atheism like oh I just lack a belief um they think that it's it has to mean that you actively don't believe in God, like you, like a positive belief that there are no gods, right? Um, and so I was thinking about it this morning and I'm like, you know, should I have started off using the atheist label? Because my original idea for doing, well, at first it was going to be a blog before I discovered that YouTube would be a better avenue because people watch videos much more than they read. And they read, um, yeah. And I started out with the um, blog title, The Enthusiastic Agnostic, and it was going to be a thing where I'm like, you know, kind of searching through ideas and um, kind of more like what you're doing, like you're talking to people and you have like an open mind. And I think you said you use the agnostic label too, or? If, if I was pushed to define myself, it'd be agnostic. Yeah. Yeah. Although generally, I think there's as many labels as there are people because everyone's belief in these things is a bit different. Right. But then that kind of like defeats the purpose of using a label um, at all, because then it's like if you have to define the label every time you use it, then what mm. was the point of the label mm. in the first place? You know, um, so I when I was thinking about it this morning, I'm like. Should I have used the atheist label to start out with? Because there's positives and negatives to using the label. It's like. The positives are it kind of at least gives people an idea that you've thought through this stuff, whereas sometimes I think using the agnostic label is just, it can come off as... Um, Never had took the time in, to really think about it. Yeah, like indifferent. And I'm not yeah. indifferent. I, I always like to think really deeply about things. And so I, I, I thought atheists would be an indicator that I've really thought through things and that I do have a stance. And my stance is that I don't believe in any gods that have been presented to me. I've never seen evidence for a God where I am like, yeah, that, that checks out for me. Mm. But <clears throat> at the same time, it's like for so long, people have understood atheists to mean that I positive, that someone positively says there are no gods when really I'm more on the agnostic end of things. So I'm like, should I have started off using the agnostic label? So here I am eight months into YouTube having used the atheist label and I'm second guessing it because I'm like, I don't know what would be more helpful for the dialogue because people 
kind of think that I'm being shady sometimes, like on in Twitter conversations or whatever, where I say, well, I'm I'm agnostic about if there's a God or not. Like I, of course it's unknowable. Right. But I use the atheist label because, um, because you've seen no evidence to suggest that there is a God. Right. But also they, yeah. they find it shady because I am a Gnostic. I am a Gnostic atheist when it comes to the Christian God. Like I know, and it seemed, that seems wild to people, but like, I know that the Christian God is not real um, because I've worked through scripture and I've worked through trying to apply it to reality and I've found that it doesn't work and it, and that there isn't evidence for that kind of God. Yeah. But that that's not to say that there's no prime mover. So it's just, the labels are really confusing and frustrating because everybody has a different idea about what atheism means and what agnostic means because some people are very adamant that you shouldn't use the agnostic label. They're like, everybody's agnostic. Everybody doesn't know if there's a God or not. You can claim you know but you don't actually know. And so they think that the agnostic label is meaningless. And so I, I don't know. Mm, it's a very mm. long-winded way of saying labels are confusing. They are. They're well over the top as well, I think. I mean, generally, I, I never t t think of myself as an agnostic or whatever. I think of myself mainly as someone with a scientific mindset. Um, people disagree because I believe in things that seem unscientific, but I consider myself such. And you know like you at the base of things we're all agnostic if you want to use that term literally because nobody knows and it's as you say it's a complete unknowable thing um as to the christian god i've had i've seen no evidence to suggest that it's real um it may be and it might be something that's completely out of the realms of, of any logic or, or sense um mm -hmm. That might be true, but I haven't seen the evidence reasonable enough in any religion to suggest that their version of God is correct. Mm -hmm. um, I never rely on the Bible for, or the Quran or whatever for, as, as an evidential medium because it was written by men who said they were spoken to by God. But at the end of the day, you know, how can you prove that? It, it, men wrote this thing and we know that it was taken and adjusted over time by various rulers for their own benefits. That's pretty much um, established now. So I think to use at least the modern version of these texts as evidence is, to me, just doesn't work at all. Um, but the problem is, I suppose, the belief is so in deeply ingrained within people, especially those in families that are fundamentally Christian or Muslim or Sikh or Buddhist or whatever, they're brought up with that belief from a very young age. It's, it becomes part of their nature and they've never had to question it. They've never learned how to question it. Um, and... Unfortunately, I think it's it's the same on the other side of the fence as well. People are brought up learning that all religion is ridiculous. It's for sheep, I suppose, um, and people with weak minds. And they've never learned to question their own belief. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I should go out and look at some of these religions and see if there is any truth value to them. I don't need to because I already know it's nonsense. And I think one needs to have a an open mind to everything, but not, as James Randi says, not so open that your brains fall out. Right. Yes. And so when I was starting out, maybe going to do that enthusiastic agnostic blog, that was the idea was like, I, 
I came out of Christianity. I found out that I didn't believe in the Christian God. That was like step number one. And then I didn't, I didn't want to go immediately to dogma on the other side, like what you're talking about. I didn't want to go immediately like, oh, well, then nothing exists and um, religion is stupid. And I didn't want to be angry. I was like, okay, I don't want to go the other way. So my plan was to use the agnostic label because at the time I didn't realize that um, there was even muddied waters around that term. So I was like, oh, well, that's kind of a more palatable term for religious people to hear because they kind of hear that you're open-minded. Um, and I will kind of search through all belief systems and see if I can find some truth in them. And I ended up doing a little bit of that. I, I mostly did it on my own. I blogged some of it. I have some of the articles that I wrote about it. Um, I made a few YouTube videos that are now like privated because they're, I've changed my, yeah, style yeah. in my mind about some things but that was the original idea was like and I enjoyed it I learned you know about Buddhism I learned um more of the eastern religions because I kind of knew the Abrahamic excuse me the Abrahamic religions pretty well from being a Christian because I when I took comparative religions classes they were more focused on um, the Abrahamic side of things like Judaism and Islam and comparing those. And I knew very little about um, mindfulness practices and stuff that kind of came from the East. And so I think that was a valuable experience for me um, going through that and not immediately just saying that all these practices that are spiritual are just garbage, because I think some spiritual practices are beneficial and maybe they're beneficial for scientific reasons, like naturalist reasons. And you could come up with um, secular terms for explaining those phenomena as well. But yes, that was my intention in starting off with the agnostic label is I didn't want dogma. And I'm still trying to be aware of when I can be kind of lassoed into dogma through my echo chambers and my my in-group and the people that I talk to. So I'm trying to constantly be aware of not going to that place again because I think it's a pretty easy thing to do. Yeah. You gave a good example then um, of, of this kind of how our, how our kind of upbringing and our background kind of force their way into our belief system there was a slight when you said um that some of these phenomena can be explained scientifically and then you, ch you change it to to uh, naturalistically which is people will automatically assume when you say scientific that it means naturalistic and that's an example of the of the built-in because you know science is a it's a process it's not a s system of of methodology you know there are right. different methodologies like naturalism and uh, yeah, I don't know, but but like naturalism, and people equate naturalism to science, right? And that's such a thing. I mean, we all we all do that, and that's such an easy thing to do that it's it kind of it limits our ability to really investigate these kind of things. I mean, I was brought up in an atheistic background. I had no doubt at all that um, there was no God. It was all pretty ridiculous. You know, you are your brain. Once you die, that's it, gone forever. Mm -hmm. And then when I had my breakdown which was caused a lot by a fear of death and a fear of never existing again. That thought absolutely terrified me. Mm -hmm. But I started looking into some of these different areas, mainly anomalous experience of consciousness. 
And you know, if I'd never have had that breakdown, I never would have needed to look into it. And so I would have still been the same way. But now I haven't had to look at it and applied what I believe to be correct critical thinking skills to what I've seen and trying to eliminate as much cognitive bias as all as all possible. Mm-hmm. That I, I can't deny now that there are phenomena out there that don't fit the current naturalistic model. If it does fit, it's very, very forced. But um, obviously people disagree, but uh, it's, it's as I say, a lot of it is our background, our environment seem to put onto us some presuppositions that we already take to be true. Mm-hmm. And it's the same on both sides. You know, Christians and, and fundamental religious will take it for granted that God exists, he is the greatest and the ultimate form of morality, mm-hmm. whereas someone born and brought up fundamentally atheistic will have the presupposition that that's all nonsense. Mm-hmm. And in the middle is science, <laughs> but there's always I, going to be... So I don't know that I would say, I don't know that I would agree that in the middle is science, because that in itself could be a fallacy, like the middle of two positions is not automatically the truth. Um, But I do agree with what you're saying, that there is bias on both sides and presuppositions on both sides. And you have to work um, to not be, as you said, like in an environment or in an echo chamber that only reinforces what you already think and believe. Um, Because when I, sorry, just just to clarify, when I say science is in the middle, what I mean Mm -hmm. is You've got um, the bias of of the religion on one side. If we're looking at it black and white, you've got religion and you've got atheism. In the middle is 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 void of those biases, you know, smack in the middle. And that's what I believe science is at its purest form: is looking at these different areas with no bias, which is not possible as human beings. But that's what I mean when I say science, pure science, is mm-hmm. in the middle. Yeah. So I came to. I'm just processing what you're saying and answering at the same time. Um, I came to the conclusions that I came to through science. Like, like what I mean by that is like, basically I came out of Christianity by looking for evidence and using the scientific method and using critical thinking. Um, And so I would say that science disproved that form of spirituality to me like you like not science itself but using scientific tools so I don't know that science is in the middle for me because to me it's like science kind of helped me solve some questions that I had and some cognitive dissonance that I had from religion um, and helped me come to like a more accurate answer. So I would say science made me more atheistic, like, um, which I don't know how you can be more atheistic, like if we're using the lack belief term, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to think about that some more because you're right that I don't want to, now that I'm an atheist, just assume that all all spiritual claims are garbage. But it's like a lot of the time when, when spiritual claims are presented to me, when I apply scrutiny, like I can see that those claims are incorrect. And so 
it's not just like, I don't know that I'm coming at things from this dogmatic place, like that things are already incorrect before they're presented to me. But it's like time and time again, when things have been presented to me since kind of coming out of Christianity and learning skepticism, claims using spiritual terminology can also or they can be better explained using um, science. Like, I guess that's anecdotal for me. Maybe there are people that have had spiritual experiences that they can't explain better with science, but so far for me, that seems to be the case. Mm. And the fact that you do that shows that you're not completely dogmatic with the way you're approaching because you're willing to look into these things and try to explain them. And if you can find a, a way of explaining them that's more suitable than the spiritual idea, then great. You know, you've done the due work to have a reasonable opinion on that. And that's also what I try to do. Um, I mean, I, I would consider myself more on the spiritual side of things um, mm. from my own research and my own idea of what I consider to be critical thought and my own idea of rationality um, but you know I still I come across things like tarot cards or astrology which I, I just I can't see any reason to believe that, that sort of thing's true I mean you see for example somebody levitating on, on a pole and, and you, you know it's going through their sleeve down and, and they've been s stood on a stand and I'm not going to jump straight to he's a mystic or he's a magic man no because you know if I do that I'm denying what's pretty clear so it, mm -hmm. it's that that's that's what science is it's looking at any phenomena and investigating it and coming to a conclusion based on what you see it's not automatically assuming it and then trying to find reason and evidence to back up that belief which is confirmation bias mm -hmm. which which we all have and must be aware of yes yeah yeah i would so, agree with that yeah so when you say you're an atheist activist mm -hmm. how, how would you define an atheist activist and why do you think it's, it's necessary in, in today's culture okay so i would say that the reason why i became an atheist activist was because now after spending so much time away from the spirituality that i was brought up in away from christianity i realize now that there are tools that are more helpful for navigating through especially um, social and emotional, um, it, I guess there are, are especially social and emotional skills that can be better learned through um, education and science and... Um, Untainted by religious beliefs. Yeah, I, I think that the... The Christian way of problem solving um, when it comes to like communication issues or um, emotional problems or like um, mental health problems, um, they are, I think they were invented by earlier humans who didn't have access to all the information that we have now. And so when people are still using those old ways of explaining um and explaining problems and old ways of problem solving it can be it can be more harm it can do more harm than good it can be harmful um because 
for me, it was like there were certain things like depression and anxiety that I had where I would pray time and time again that like God would heal me from the emotional turmoil that I was going through. Um, and prayer wasn't working. In fact, it, it was probably counterproductive because I was focusing more and more on the depression and anxiety instead of focusing on, you know, how I can improve and like, um, it was just yeah, kind of, of course, a, a cycle added, that I fell into, you yeah, know? And it would have added additional um, disappointment when those prayers weren't, weren't fulfilled, which could, I'd imagine, push you into a deeper state of depression. I mean, there's, there's certainly there's, there's no need, as you say, to think that um, these ideas of, of dealing with this sort of thing are ancient ideas beyond or before we developed any kind of understanding of how cognition works or how the mm. mind works. We know, we know that that's what, what it was because we know that the Bible... And these other texts were written circa two thousand years ago. You know, mm -hmm. we, you know, science as it currently is, um, as well as psychology and, and various different areas, are very, very new in comparison. So, to me, you know, taking these ideas of healing, and I suppose science as well, from texts such as the Bible and from religious ideas that stem stem from them, mm -hmm. is going to stop us evolutionarily in the future because we're going to be stuck on old ideas and not developing the current ones that we know to be effective. Right. Right. So I guess that's why I was like, okay, I think I need to start speaking out against this stuff because at first when I came out of Christianity, again, that was another reason why I used the agnostic label going back to what we were talking about earlier, because I go, okay, I found out Christianity isn't true, but it's still good for all these reasons. And I thought about how it gave me a sense of community and how it gave me a sense of purpose. And um, there were spiritual like rituals like in worship that, you know, were positive experiences for me. So I was like, oh, Christianity isn't all bad. But then the longer I've spent living life without Christianity, the more I realized that like you can still have all the positive aspects of Christianity, just not using the same terminology and just not using the bad ideology that comes with Christianity. Because I think that Christianity does far more harm than good. Um, and when you're a Christian, you, you don't see it that way because you think of an all-loving God. You think of Jesus, who was very compassionate. You think of all the, the good aspects of Christianity. But um, you don't think of the constant focus on sin and guilt and fear and the fear of hell. And you, you think, oh, that's, those things are kind of normalized to you as a Christian. And so it took a lot of unraveling. Like even after I realized Christianity wasn't true, it, it, there were still ideas that were so deeply ingrained in me. Um, when it came to like ideas about sex or ideas about interpreting um, certain personality traits, even like where I had to deconstruct more and more where basically I was just like, I can't not say something now because I think that we could still have, you know, ideologies about being humble and giving and loving and having a sense of community without 
it being muddied with like anti-LGBTQ rhetoric or, um, you know, certain dogma about male and female gender roles. Um, and yeah, so I, does that kind of answer your question on why I jumped into activism? I guess it's just like, I wanted to have conversations about some of the harmful aspects of Christianity. And also I do want to focus more on humanism as well, because I am a secular humanist as well as being an atheist. And I mentioned that in my first video because I, like when I said like, oh, th my first video is me kind of coming out and saying like, oh, I'm starting this thing. I'm doing this channel. It was like two minutes of me being like, I'm gonna, I'm kind of like scared to try this because I know that like jumping onto YouTube can be kind of a scary thing. Like people are not always that nice, um, especially when you're learning. But I wanted to also make people aware of tools such as secular humanism that kind of give you a roadmap for how to have morals without religious dogma. Hmm. I think if you, I mean, that's a whole other issue, isn't it? Morality, that's a big philosophical question for most people. Does it come from God? Does it come from within and i'm strongly of the opinion that it should come with from within because only then can it be genuine morality as far as i'm concerned because if you're taking your moral your morals from god from the bible you know you're assuming that first of all that, that god is, is is true exists as it is and also it seems to me that you're just going to be mainly adopting those morals as insurance as you said in, in one of your streams in fire insurance against going to hell you know many people will see those morals and will practice them and see that it makes them feel good and that they believe it to be right which is great but there's going to be many people that follow the morality of god because they don't want to go to hell not because they feel within themselves that it's the right thing to do and mm -hmm. i think developing morals oneself through experience and through living and through seeing how you want to be treated and pushing that onto others assuming they want to be treated in the same way and feeling good about treating others well, that's where morality, I think, should come from because that's when it's going to be the most effective and the most um, meaningful to everybody involved. Yes, yes. I, and I think because the Bible tells you, like, this is your morality, it kind of stops you from growing too because if you, you keep going back to these rules that were written by people who um, weren't in your culture and didn't have access to the same information that you have, and you're trying to apply their morality to your reality, you're missing out on picking up on helpful, beneficial tools in your environment because you're paying attention to this ancient book, right? Um, I, it took me a lot longer, I think, to develop certain skills because I was so indoctrinated with the Bible's version of morality that, like, I didn't pick up on certain social cues and so certain social niceties because I was so focused on, like, the... The... The word of, the, of God. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. That, that would be... I was going to mm. say, like, the philosophy of and theology and I kind yeah, of wasn't paying I, attention yeah. to like my immediate reality, you know, mm, mm. It kind of, cause 
if you're told this, you know, the word of God is the end all be all, then like, for me, that was like what I paid attention to. I didn't pay attention to people's um, requests or, you know, subtleties as much. And it took me longer, uh, like come after kind of coming out of Christianity to learn some of those things and to check in with people. I kind of talk about, talked about that recently on a stream as well, because I think I was just wrapped up on, so wrapped up in what the Bible said that God thinks is right, that I didn't pay attention to the people that I loved quite as well as I probably could have. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm of the strong belief that what's right and what's wrong should be depending on what you feel is right and what's wrong, not based on what somebody or some entity tells you. Yeah. And, you know, as we say, taking these sort of things from the Bible, and we talk about Christianity because that's the main, that, that's the main religion in our in our culture. We know there are there are others, but taking the Bible, we, we know that this book was taken and it was changed. And it was it had to be changed first of all because we speak English, we don't speak Hebrew, and you know I'm of the firm belief that Christianity and, and other religions I'm sure were designed originally as a form of keeping people under control and keeping them acting morally, and it's a very good idea. You know, if you murder or pillage or rape, you go to hell for eternity. You know, that's a great deterrent from stopping people from doing these sort of things, and it was a great idea, but to carry that over now over the various editions of the English Bible and the fact that it's gone into the hands of rulers who have added and removed certain parts for their own benefit to still take that literally as the word of God is by its nature very fallacious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you can learn not to, you know, rape and murder without the Bible. Like it, it, you empathy is a skill that we all are capable of, learning and improving on. Um, and I think you can come to those same conclusions without the Bible and the Bible just used, a simple and ambiguous terminology to explain why you shouldn't do those things. You know, just, just because God said so when now it's like you can see and explain the negative outcomes that come from bad actions and you don't need God to explain those things. You know, you, you don't, um, you don't murder because of the pain that it causes and you can problem solve without murdering. Like you can, you know, end relationships or friendships and you don't need to kill that person. And you can, um, I mean, there are people that still, obviously they do murder, but we have consequences in the secular realm for those things that's jail you know that there's there's another deterrent outside of just developing empathy there as well so mm. and i mean you know as, as i say i think it's much more effective to really tap into the human part of you to feel these morals i mean i don't not murder people or animals because the bible told me not to i ran over a hedgehog once in my car and i felt incredibly guilty and incredibly depressed about that for weeks i i could never kill any, anything or anyone because i just it's not the right thing to do and it's not that something told me that you know people tell you that but 
you, you feel it that you could never do that because it's it's wrong on on so many different levels. I don't I can't kill spiders. I feel guilty about killing spiders. You know, if if they're on me and I have a quick reaction, you know, well, I can't do, really help that. But I can't. I do can't we kill feel anything. it though? I think we might feel it because we've learned it though. I don't know that we start off just having an an innate spiritual feeling, but not to just kill an animal for no reason. I think that is a learned, it's a learned behavior and a learned feeling as well, because like, especially working with, with little kids, I've worked with little kids a lot and they will sometimes just smash a caterpillar for no reason. And I have to teach them like, I have, you have to teach them empathy because they don't, I don't know that we're, we are and we aren't born with empathy. Like we're we're born with the ability to develop the skill for empathy, but we have to spend time in an environment to develop that skill. So like kids will smash a caterpillar and I'll have to have a conversation of like, you don't need to smash the caterpillar. And not only do you not need to, would you want someone to walk up and smash you? And, and you know, you don't, we take care of things that are alive and we, put them back in the bush or we put them back on a flower and we don't need to just kill an innocent being for no reason, but I, they don't have that innate feeling. And then I even watch as little kids develop those feelings throughout their early education, because then they'll tell each other like, Hey, like leave, leave that animal alone, you know? And, and, and then those feelings become real to them. But I think it's because of things in their environment. Like I think most behaviors are learned, but that doesn't mean that they're not real, you know, like they become real to us in an, in almost a spiritual way because like we feel it so strongly, but yeah. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I mean, I I didn't mean to suggest that we're born innately with this. I mean, I know for a fact that's not the case because when I was a a kid, you know, I used to get my magnifying glass and burn ants without even a second thought. Certainly these empathies are learned and developed as as we grow older. But the point I think I was trying to make is that when we develop those, we feel that it the rightness and the wrongness of doing things. We're not only doing it because someone tells us we should Mm -hmm. without really thinking twice about it, if you see what I mean. Yeah, it becomes ingrained in us for sure. Um, the problem is when you're in an environment where you don't learn that empathy. And so I guess that's another reason for my activism is because if people realize that if we create environments where people like everybody has access to good social emotional skills, then we, we won't even need religion or like we can still have spiritual practices. Like I'm not anti-theist, but people think that they need to believe in God or they need Christianity or they need a religion to, to be a good person and to have those positive communities and interactions. And really it it comes from having the tools available to you in your environment. And so that's another reason why I want to do this and get better at it is because I think, I think our focus, like, can be just on all the wrong things sometimes and then it can ruin your life like if and I just think about how if I had access to certain tools like CBT like 
um, I know you, you're, you said you're practicing to be a CBT counselor. Like if I had access to cognitive behavioral therapy earlier, I probably would have been a lot happier and done a lot better in life. So you described yourself earlier as a secular humanist. What would you, how would you define that? Um, basically having empathy for others. And I, I actually listen to people's stories and believe them. And what I mean by that is like, especially with in the LGBTQ community, like standing up for their, their rights and not dismissing them because, you know, of a bigoted, ide- yeah. Yeah, a bigoted right. yeah. ideology and um, more than that, like I, I want to have empathy for animals too, like non-human animals. Like I've, I've been practicing veganism. So I guess just living my life in a way where I'm thinking about the group and myself, um, like not just doing what's best for me. I think it is good to do what's best for me, but taking others into account when I'm making decisions as well. Hmm. Which to me is the only fair, honest way to do things. Yeah.